welcome back to Eldritch Girl. Um, we're in the home stretch of the third act now. Um, so we have 20 episodes in total, I think, in this series. We're now on part 17. Um, so this one's a little bit longer. Um, the theme tune is again by Gemma Cartmel. Illustrations in the books by Tom Brown. Um, you can now buy The Crows in audiobook and hardback and paperback and ebook. You can still only get 13th as ebook and paperback, um, but you can pick them up wherever ebooks are sold and including from my Kofi shop and the paperback from Amazon. So if you do like this podcast, you haven't bought the book yet, um, or you enjoyed The Crows previously in season one and you're wanting to get something nice, um, you can check out my Kofi and grab a book box, limited edition book box. Um, coming soon with a signed hardback or um, you can grab 13th paperback um, or a 13th ebook go for it treat yourself content warnings for this part there isn't really that much um, it's mainly ricky's disordered eating a little bit of nausea um, but no emesis as yet that's coming up yeah just the disordered eating but also eating rotten food there's also a physical fight between Ricky and Wes. You do have that as well. But I think that's about it. So if that's okay, it's quite a mild chapter really. Um, let's get back to the outside and enjoy or something. <laughs> Here we go, part 17. Chapter 11, part 2. Fuck me, stupid bastard. Ricky fought to restore his human form, although he wasn't sure that was the best option. His coils bled out slick gelatinous skin, human shrink-wrap, and he oozed over the sharp anthracite. Wes was lying some distance away, where his coil had thrown him. They needed the thirteenth to get out of here. It was her place. The pendlestone, still open but barely, wouldn't let him back through. "'You sloppy tart!' he snarled at his cousin, trying to concentrate. "'What you go and do that for?' Wes stood slowly, unfolding himself from the black sand. "'You selfish prick! Why did you pull me through as well?' "'Me selfish?' Ricky balled up his fists, though a small, rational part of his brain tugged at him to take stock of the situation first. "'Why?' "'Because we don't need you!' Wes snapped, turning around. He strobed in front of Ricky's eyes, forcing him to raise a hand and look down at the black dust. I don't need you any more. I was a single birth too. Farsight should have been my birthright, and I can see. Uncle Barry unlocked it for me. Uncle Barry? Ricky dropped his hand, wincing as Wes flickered. Uncle bloody Barry, are you serious? Unlocked with what? Something you snort? It's a pill, Wes said sullenly. Ricky stared at him, for once almost lost for words. He shook his head slowly, blinking. You stupid bastard. Fuck you. What does it do to your liver? Want to have a look? Wes tugged his shirt up. Can't do more harm than that paint stripper you drink. Ricky flushed. I don't drink, all right? That was a... Look, I'm entitled to if I want. I don't have to answer to you. Wes yanked his shirt back down. I want you to see me, he said, his voice shaking. I want... I want you all to fucking see me. Ricky could see him. The strobing had settled a little. There were two Wesleys here, one layered on top of the other. At the back there was the one from after the changes, fractured, almost invisible, the shards shifting into place and out again like tectonic plates. 
but there on top, like a flickering hologram, there was the Wesley his memory had been robbed of. Wesley as he'd once been. That taboo pretty boy with an obscene tongue, grown into his long looks and lanky frame, all moisturiser and eyeliner and mad fuck-me eyes, dressed up with a smile you could shave with. Ricky had forgotten the edge of mania that had sometimes lurked in the corners of Wesley's eyes, in the slash of his smile. He'd forgotten he had learned how to smile like that from him. "'I can see you,' he said, but Wes didn't understand. Catherine jumped through the Pendlestone's dying light as Ricky finally lost his grip on it. For a moment they stood, a rough triangle, staring at each other. "'What just happened?' the thirteenth panted finally, plainly furious, words clipped. "'And can someone tell me why?' Ricky clicked his tongue and jumped in before Wes made it somehow all his fault. "'Well, as far as I can gather, Catherine, your brother here had a really good idea when he was off his fucking face.' His limbs ached, joints leaden. "'You happy now, Wes? Now we're all here. Nice happy family.' Wes stared at the sand, turning slowly on the spot, as if he didn't quite understand what had happened. "'If we're both here, we could just open the portal again from this side, right? "'Is the thirteenth place, Katie, can you, uh "'Catherine stared at him. "'No?' "'Ricky sighed, squatting to feel the spot where the pendlestone had been. "'You want the bad news or the really bad news?' "'The thirteenth winced. "'We're stuck, aren't we?' "'Yeah. "'Is that the bad news or the really bad news?' "'Well, that's just more of an overarching fact.' He gestured with a hand, making an arch in the air. The bad news is, I ain't got nothing to open a portal with on this side. And the really bad news is, I have no idea where to find something. He straightened up, dusting off his hands. So we're trapped, yeah, basically. Okay. She didn't panic, which boded well. What about that? Ricky followed the line of her finger to the odd, boxy horizon. There was a rectangle of bright light cutting into the navy wall like a door. Could be a trap. He eyed the light suspiciously, fighting the cold feeling he'd learned to identify as fear. Why was he afraid? They were alone here. But he couldn't shake an instinct awakening in his gut that sent prickles of warning through him. Ricky hadn't felt like this before, except maybe that once as a kid, the first time his dad changed in front of him, and he realised he was a lava, a grub, naked, defenceless, and the shadowy, clawed arachnid of a man was his insatiable, carnivorous god. He hadn't had words for it then, of course, only the feeling his four-year-old self couldn't express without soiling himself. Fuck that abuseful old bastard. Now he shits themselves whenever I get anigh him. He rubbed the back of his neck. That what you think, is it? She shrugged. I think this is, like, a room. A room? A throne room, she said, and Ricky's stomach plummeted. His lips twitched involuntarily. The throne, yeah. I bet it's a bit... I doubt it'll be happy to see me. Behind them, Wes found his voice. What's that? He had his back to them, staring off in another direction. Lumbering around the edge of its confinement, Ricky thought he saw a malformed spider bearing something on its back. It had too many limbs, too many joints, and what were those things like snail stalks growing out of it? What was that whisper, that greedy, slavering sound? That's bloody huge, 
Shit me, it's gigantic. His skin tingled, every hair rising, the last of the goose sliding off him as he shivered. His clothes were stained, ruined, but it didn't matter. The mistress would get him new ones. He needed to get back to her. Instinct, primeval, told him to run. Ricky Porter hadn't run from anything in years. He backed off. He wants to hurt us, Catherine said, her voice strained, and he didn't ask how she knew. He didn't doubt she was right. Wes was staring at it in rapt horror. Of course, assimilation was your worst nightmare, wasn't it, Wesley? All this stood out from the crowd. Not that he was any keener. Wes, shift your ass. He couldn't tell distances in this place. How close was the doorway? Was it a doorway or a... a what? How far away was that thing and how fast could it move? Wesley didn't stir. Catherine, grab him. She was pale, frozen. You're stronger. He's the one you jumped in to get, Ricky snapped, the cold prey feeling giving way to the other thing, the more familiar sensation of burning. Get him, then. She hesitated, so he left her there to make her mind up. Back off slowly. No sudden moves. Predators smell fear. Prey stink of it. Sours the meat. Better they don't notice until it's too late. He kept up a measured pace, and by the time Catherine had sorted her head out and taken hold of her fuckwit brother, he was much further across the sands than he'd expected to be. Space is different, like the way Dad does it. Bloody hell fire, so he could be halfway to the doorway, halfway out, or halfway to his doom, or be nowhere near it at the same time. The anthracite powder shifted under his feet. Was it coal? He wished he was in the coal cellar of the crows, soaking in her oppressed, carbonised anger, gangrene sweet, the darkness in her soul always keeping a welcome for him, no matter what else she thought or argued. A few more steps, a quick check over his shoulder. The doorway was closer. Catherine was dragging Wes and trying to close the gap between them, but the distance seemed to fluctuate as he tried to judge it. He didn't stop. Better one of them get out, better it was him. Not better for them. He frowned. That was something the mistress would point out, dry and sarcastic. All right, he'd explain it to her later. She'd understand. You broke the curse. Ricky stopped dead. That wasn't his thought. Not hers, either. He knew what she felt like in his head. He didn't think it was the throne. Of course, this was a throne room. Where were they? Whose dimension were they in? Who spoke to him at night, whispered things, promised things? All right, Grandad? he whispered, wondering where the old bastard was. He watched the throne coming towards them, scuttling a few feet and then staying still, stalks waving, limbs tense. Its composite nature was clearer now that it was closer. That any way to treat your grandkids? They outlived their usefulness, so they have a new purpose now. But you, one and only, you have proved yourself. That sliced deep. Ricky closed his eyes, fighting the urge to change and rip the world apart. I ain't a fucking tool. You are the one and only, unique in your generation. That was not the denial he wanted. But I'm not a fucking tool. You're the biggest tool I've ever met, Catherine snapped over her shoulder, dragging Wes backwards over the sand towards him. Keep going, dickhead. The voice was gone. Ricky licked his lips. Don't hate me. What? He didn't know why he said that. He didn't know if it was even his idea, or if he was talking to her, or to Wes, or to Carrie, whom he'd probably never see again. Doubt, another unfamiliar foe, swept over him. 
He didn't know what happened next. He always knew. What was this, this creeping sense of, of, of desolation? What was this, this emptiness coming over him like a storm? He shook his head and resumed his steady pace, but the door was further away now and he had a lot of ground to make up. You have more to do. The voice was back as soon as he began to move. He didn't know if it could hear his thoughts like the mistress could when he wanted her to, but he pushed one up to the forefront of his mind anyway. About time someone gave the old man a piece of their mind. Look, Gaffer, if you wanted a champion you should have chosen one, not three girls who didn't give a rat's arse about anything except getting one up on each other and winning the bloody flower show. He gritted his teeth in a grimace, letting his anger overpower whatever else was going on inside him, this witch's brew of nameless sensation and hollowness. You chose the wrong family and that's on you. The light burned his back and he paused, waiting for the other two to catch up. He didn't fancy meeting his fate on his own after all. The throne stalked them inexorably across the wasteland of his nightmares. Ricky snarled. Did you hear what I said? You didn't say anything. Catherine looked over her shoulder, nearly stepping on his foot. Shit, how'd you get so close? Don't matter. He took her arm and ran at the doorway of light. The desert gave way to an island of black rock. The grey flat lid became a grey clouded sky. A stench of rotting fish and seaweed, something vinegary, hit him in the face. He'd read Grandpa Nathan's memoirs, the human porter who'd corrupted their particular line with his name and watered-down regular genes, and this looked familiar. Grandpa Nathan, between catatonic phases, had written out a lot of his dark experiments, and was prone to flowery prose and overuse of words like Stygian. If he was right, there should be some way of getting back in a landscape like this. The door behind them remained open, a flat rectangle of blinding light, clinical, harsh and out of place, but nothing else came through. "'At least this is landscape,' he said, and turned straight into Wes's fist. Ricky stumbled back, nose a burning flare of pain, his tendrils disgorged, lashing in the fetid air, tasting the corrupt miasma and seeking Wes's spine. He didn't even realise he'd thrown a punch back until a split second afterwards, when his guard was back up instinctively and Wes was reeling from the uppercut he hadn't dodged. Wes was bloody useless in a brawl, always had been. Ricky forced his questing air roots away, though they were itching for a taste of his cousin's spinal fluids. Ricky licked a dribble of nose-blood away from his upper lip, sniffed it back and swallowed the iron. He grinned. About fucking time. He judged the distance between them and darted in close, fainted right and caught Wes with his left. Wes blocked it this time and fought back, surprising him with a lucky blow, reminding him his nose wasn't healed. Ricky swore, getting his guard up again to ward off a rain of hard, bony punches. "'You did this to me!' Wes heaved, landing hits on Ricky's protective forearms and a few in his tense solar plexus. Some of them even hurt. "'This is your fucking fault! So fucking what if I wanted you gone? Why couldn't you go fucking quietly?' Ricky finally had enough. He landed Wes on his arse in a quick sequence without really trying, and got him good in the kidneys, leaving Wes doubled in agony over the rocks. Right, stay the fuck down. Ricky circled him, tendrils twanging against his larynx on their way back up. He let them encircle his head like a cloud of retribution. Wes actually tried to stand, and Ricky kicked his arms out from under him, landing him back on his face. I said, stay the fuck down, I'm not joking. This is bullshit. Wes rolled onto his back, spitting grit. He shielded his face as Ricky's tendrils swooped overhead, but Ricky was just making a point. 
this time. His nose really bloody hurt. Pushing us into the portal is bullshit, Wesley. I pushed you. You were meant to be here. I saw it. I saw you. Oh, well, ta very much. Mickey shook his head. This your precious pills, is it? You saw me here, so you thought, oh, self-fulfilling prophecy. He shook his head. If I meant to be here, I'd have got here without you pushing me fucking in. Did you think about that? More satisfying this way, Wes mumbled against his torn sleeve. Ricky seethed. Fuck you. What if I can't get back? Boys! The thirteenth's voice rang out, drawing him up short. Wesley was panting, flushed, a pinkish glaze in his eyes that he hadn't noticed before, or had, but hadn't remembered. Ricky remembered this time. There were still two of him, overlaid, the memorable image, hazy but visible, on top of the shifting fragments of the other. He felt the bridge of his nose for breakage, wiping a smear of blood away. His tendrils retreated. Absolute dickhead, he muttered thickly into his cupped palm. You selfish bastard! Wes took his chances and got back to his feet, wobbly and struggling to straighten up. Whatever those pills are, I don't think they agree with you, Ricky said, deliberately averting his gaze. Your eyes look unhealthy. Fuck you! Ricky grinned at the rocks. All pink they are. Wes went quiet, realising that Ricky wasn't looking at him, couldn't possibly know or remember what his eyes were like. You made that up. Do I sound like I'm lying? You need a shave. He chanced a sly glance at his cousin, slapping a hand to his cheek. "'Your eyes do look a bit pink,' Catherine said, uncertain. He waited for her to catch on, grinning at them both as his nose bled into his hand. Katie got there first. "'Oh, my God! I can see you! I mean, I know what you look like! Oh, my God!' "'Where's a mirror?' Wes stood still as she threw herself on him with a squeal of delight, letting her hug him as she jumped up and down. "'Where's a... what's going on? Let me see. I need to see.' Fuck, his nose really hurt. The pain was in his forehead now. He wished Catherine would stop squealing. He let them get on with their celebration, slurping up the blood from his palm in case the rocks got bloodthirsty or in case something could sniff him out that way. Prey thinking. I'm thinking like prey. Yeah, well, I want to go home. Wes had dug his phone out, a useless block of plastic here, and was admiring himself in the black gloss of the dead screen like Narcissus. Ricky rolled his eyes. When did you learn to punch? He cast about for any stray blood spots that might have fallen, but the odour of dead fish was still too overpowering to home in on a more subtle scent. Look at me! Wes broke eye contact with himself and beamed, nearly weeping. I remember! The adrenaline had obviously overcome the punches and Ricky was almost jealous. Yeah, you're pretty. Come on. Below them, a few feet away, the rocks plunged into a grey sea. He didn't trust it. Let's get further inland. Who knows what's down there? It's giving me the creeps. Scared, the thirteenth mocked, the most confident he'd seen her. Her delight for her brother had perked her right up. He vaguely remembered that, the selective invincibility of seventeen. As it happens, yeah. It felt wrong saying that out loud. So should you be if you had the sense you were born with. He rubbed his nose gingerly, but the bleeding seemed to have stopped. He inspected the blood ingrained in his palm and scraped at it with his teeth. Hmm. Right. What we're looking for, then, like in the stories and that, is a monolith. A what? Monolith. Dirty great big block of rock that looks like it shouldn't be here. Wes was still flushed, drunk with delight, but he caught up faster than his sister. Like in Space Odyssey, with the monkeys. Catherine wrinkled her nose. 
I fell asleep watching that. Ricky gave up on both of them. Come away from the edge. You don't know what's down there. Where do you think we are, though? She started following him, throwing her arms out to keep her balance on the uneven ground. Is this like our world, their world? Are we on another planet? Is this the afterlife? What? Ricky hadn't ventured much further than Majorca, and that had been with Wes's parents when he was eight or nine. He hadn't seen much of it. It was one of those all-inclusive resorts. The sun was too hot, the people were too loud, and the other children cried all the time when he tried telling them about his hobbies. He'd spent the week hiding, being smacked for hiding, and having stones thrown at him by his younger cousins and human kids. It had left him with a general impression that the rest of the world was boozy, sunburnt, vicious and exclusionary. He could get all that at home. Does it matter? Don't you care? I know this is a bit of a shit situation, but aren't you excited? Like, not even a little bit excited? Catherine danced over the stones, nearly slipping. I can remember! Wes shouted after them, alight with glee. He realised they were moving off and hurried after them. I remember what I looked like! You're bloody welcome, Ricky muttered. Bloody typical. Try and do something out of spite? Yeah, all right, be honest. And it turns into a golden gift. Maybe all those sacrifices he'd made over the years were also worthwhile in other ways, and he'd mercifully spared the world from yet more of the kind of people who took their kids to sodding Disneyland and claimed people who said fuck had small vocabularies. Quotidian aspiring cunts. Maybe he'd done the world a fair few favours he'd never be thanked for. Hey, what's wrong? Catherine had caught up. You've got a face like a slapped arse. We can get out, right? There's loads of rocks around here. She wasn't wrong. Not just any old rock love, I told you. Got to be something that'll make a connection, you know? Like the Pendle Stone has to have energy, that kind of thing. You'll know it when you see it. He scanned the landscape, wondering what exactly he could find. How many doorways of light they might stumble upon. That's bloody daft for a start. And whether they'd come face to face tentacle with some other apex predator who ate its own young, but at least had the decency to do it literally and not figuratively, piece by piece, until they wished they were dead. I'm going mad. I've only been here five minutes. Wes gave a loud shout and nearly cannoned into him, forcing his sister to duck down. Ricky turned. Something was emerging from the sea, the water running off its hide as the waters boiled around it. He scowled. Boiled. He was starting to sound like Grandpa Nathan. But that's what it looked like, the waters bubbling and foaming, churning up around the hulking shape as it rose in a hump of mottled seabed hues, bilge brown, sharp grey, silt black. A bulging eye, which he judged to be the width and length of his own torso, opened, two sets of eyelids blinking vertically and horizontally. Ricky inhaled the amphibious stink. Cool, that's a bloody big frog. Cool! Catherine had found her courage, apparently, or was determined to enjoy their time here. He shot her a frown, envying the elasticity of the youthful mind. Everything went downhill once you were the wrong side of twenty-five. Wes flickered in and out of his memory, layers of images shifting on top of one another, as if the presence of the gargantuan creature was disrupting the signal, or whatever it was, which allowed him to be seen. The head kept rising, water pouring off it in streams. Time to go. Wes was already pulling her away, and didn't need telling twice. Oh my god, why doesn't my, why doesn't my stupid phone work here? She was actually trying to take a picture. Time to change, don't you think? Wes shouted at him, stumbling over the rocks, dragging the thirteenth with him. Ricky groaned. He hadn't eaten enough for that. If he changed for any serious length of time now, or had to do anything dramatic, he'd pay for it when it came to changing back. 
muscles cramping into knots, organs dissolving themselves, bones crumbling, brittle as glass. Better to wait, better to save it. He heard the wet slap of a questing something or other on the rocks behind him and used his tendrils to keep his balance, mapping the world out around him by taste and texture. He was bent nearly double in the swift scramble, but their haste seemed unwarranted. After another rush of water behind them, the thing from the depths sank back and sent a wall of dirty brine sloshing over the volcanic rock, catching his back in flecks of spray. Wes paused some way ahead, Catherine in the lead. Ricky swivelled awkwardly on a jagged stone, scanning the sea around the odd finger of land, but it was empty. They waited, pushing their luck, but the waves settled back into their choppy splashing. Better keep going. Wes sounded regretful, as if he'd expected more. Ricky shared his disappointment, adrenaline fizzling out. Catherine rotated nimbly, shading her eyes against the grey glare. "'It's pretty humid,' she remarked, and Ricky realised the clamminess against his back wasn't all new skin ooze and sea spray. He wiped his forehead and his hand came away sweaty. His little cousin was frowning. "'Not a lot of cover except the clouds.' "'All right, look, there's something.' Wes pointed out a range of higher peaks in the middle distance, where the land widened out in a rocky sprawl of jagged coast. "'See? We can shelter there, at least.' Ricky turned to look at the white door shining brightly at their backs, a neat shape snipped out of the landscape. He didn't fancy their chances in the throne room, being stalked across a wasteland by the conglomeration of their dead kin. "'Sure.' His stomach growled. "'He couldn't be hungry again, not already.' His tendrils found the salty decay of a fish rotting in the cleft of a rock, and cracked the tiny bones in a swift, slurping gobble of spoiled flesh. It left an aftertaste of salted slug, sour on the taste buds of his human-passing tongue. He winced, his stomach churning. That was more the stress, he thought. They wanted him to sort everything out as per usual, when none of them should even be here. It wasn't fair. He picked the rocks clean methodically as they trudged on, until his belly was tight and heavy, and he found himself out of breath. How did that happen? He looked up. They had left the spur of land behind without him noticing, and all around them now were the harsher, decidedly drier outcrops of, of gleaming jet. It was difficult to get a good idea of the shape of the mainland, or if there was anything the other side of these taller spurs of rock at all. His belly complained, a sharp stabbing pain slicing into his side from within. He held his side, releasing a pocket of sulphurous air, and belched it up with a grimace. The overripe seafood tasted worse the second time around, if only because this time he was paying attention. Can we... can we slow down? Catherine was already scrambling half up the first large outcrop. I knew you'd be crap at cardio. He wasn't in the mood. It's the heat. Wes overtook her, a strobing blur when in motion, stabilising into the flickering layers of lanky fuckboy. He grinned, that was more the mistress's type of term. She'd at least see if he was all right, she wouldn't leave him behind. He glanced at the empty space beside him where she wasn't, and slipped a hand in his pocket, hoping for a piece of her. There wasn't anything. When he got home, he wouldn't leave the house without some part of her, not ever again. "'You carry on.' He waved them away irritably and slumped down. Good luck. Wes and Catherine made it to the top of the outcrop and stood balancing on it, scanning their surroundings. There's a big drop, Catherine reported back. I think we can get around it, but it's just rocks. Just a load of rocks. Descriptive, Ricky scuffed the pebbles, holding his angry stomach. Anything we can use? Yeah, I see something. Wes pointed off at an angle. Looks like a circle. 
Ricky rolled his eyes. A circle of what, Wes? The grin was audible. Rocks. Catherine giggled. Ricky began to suspect they were doing this on purpose. Don't make me come up there, I swear to Grandad. You know what you're looking for, lazy bastard, Catherine called back. I don't know what to tell you. It's like... looks a bit like Stonehenge. Ricky gave Wes what he hoped was a withering glare. Are you taking the piss? No, there's a bunch of slabs in a circle, standing upright, over that way. Wes shrugged. That what you wanted? Stonehenge, fuck me. Everyone's a fucking druid. Ricky raised his eyes skywards. What the bloody hell did I do to deserve this bollocks? I don't know, maybe it was the time you killed Gran, Catherine snapped, already scrambling down. Ricky stretched out, which was a mistake. His belly groaned, full of long lines of pain cutting downwards. Bloody hellfire. You been stuffing your face? Wes dropped the last few feet before his sister and approached to the strobing swagger. See this? Remember this? This is my unimpressed face. Ricky rolled his eyes. Fuck me. Not a chance, Wes grinned, dropping into a light squat. Not even if you say please. He fixed his eyes on a point beyond the distant door, jaw fluttering, thinking determinedly of things that wouldn't make him blush. He'd got better with that. The mistress likes to tease, but she never means none by it. He swallowed, slipping a pebble into his pocket that he could rub with his thumb, pretend it was a piece of her. Wes sniggered and jabbed him painfully in the stomach. Bugger off! Boys! The thirteenth glared at them, bounding over with apparently limitless energy. She stared down at him. What's wrong with you? He rubbed the spot where Wes had jabbed him. I'll be all right in a minute. Just give me a break. You can't have eaten anything. There's nothing here. She scanned the spike of land they just clambered over. Except all the rotten... He burped, easing the internal pressure. She scrunched her nose up in disgust. Oh, you're kidding. That's disgusting. That's worse than the eyeballs. He can't help it, Wes spoke over Ricky's giggle. He's always like this when he's under stress. Bloody liability. Damn sight more disciplined than you, Ricky murmured, waiting for his metabolism to catch up. It's not like I enjoy it. Wes shook his head and sat down. That's your problem. You never have any fun. My problem, Ricky said, keeping his eyes on the shiftless clouds, is the fact that I was at home just now and I did everything I was asked to do, even though I didn't have to bloody do it, and I get pushed into a bloody portal and now I'm here. With you. You could have spared yourself that, in fairness, Wes pointed out, fishing his phone out again to stare at his own reflection. But I guess you're a glutton for punishment as well as rotten fish. Got your face back? Die in a fire, Wes said cheerfully. Catherine covered her face with her hands. I hate you both. Ricky shrugged, a bulging coil rippling under his ribcage. He shifted position, skin splitting and sore. Hey, I'm sorry. Wes tried to reach for her but bottled it and sat back against the rock, too close to Ricky for his liking. Wes seemed unaware of this. I don't... it wasn't meant to happen like this. Do you want to tell us what was meant to happen? Ricky suggested, gritting his teeth. Or tell me what was supposed to happen at the very fucking least. Wes grunted. Yeah, why not? Catherine was also waiting, arms crossed. All the excitement had faded from her face. I've been Uncle Barry's guinea pig since September, Wes said, not looking at either of them. Uncle Marcus handed me over to pay back the cat I stole, which was for him, by the way, slippery old bastard. Well, I mean, he got a cut. And he told me I could. 
Anyway, he was silent for a moment, and Ricky glanced at him. He'd never been able to work Wes out, not even the summer they'd been inseparable, and he didn't like thinking about that. It all seemed so long ago now, so trivial, a blur of adolescent storms and things misremembered, but the shadow it cast almost reached him here, now, as if it was just over his shoulder. Time was a strange beast. Wes shrugged. He got these pills. I call them silver lining, but that's a stupid name. I'm not... Anyway, I could sort of... It's more an after-effect. It's like... It's not a... I remember stuff that hasn't happened. He frowned, blinking. That's a better way to put it than seeing the future. It's not like I'm... It's useful. I put a bet on, and I knew exactly what to bet, because I remembered. Ricky rolled his eyes. Amateur. That's so fucking dangerous! Catherine was aghast, as if she'd never heard of such a thing, as if Uncle Barry hadn't been experimenting on everyone he could get his hands on for decades. So why did you push... What do you all need me for if he can do my job? Ricky winced, coils bunching and straining inside him. Pressure eased, discomfort waned. Does it work on everyone, or just single spawnings? Lucy and Kirsty took some, said nothing happened. Wes shrugged. You're supposed to at least be able to see your own thoughts, like externalise them. I can't explain very well. Yeah, well, no offence. I don't think those two have ever had much in the way of actual thoughts, Ricky pointed out. Fuck off. You're an idiot, Catherine snapped at her brother. Ricky smirked. She shook her head. I can't believe I'm stuck here because you had some stupid trip. Did you not get the part where I remember stuff that hasn't happened yet? Wes scrambled upright. Because that's pretty important. Did you not get the part where we're stuck in another dimension? Because that's kind of more important and fucking unnecessary. Ricky giggled. He couldn't help it. He fingered the stone in his pocket, sharing the joke with her as if she were there. He propelled himself upright, stomach gurgling but settled, energy restored. Yeah, well, Granda doesn't want us to stay in here, does he? We're no use in here. You can't ascend as the thirteenth. I can't be the one and only. Wes, he sucked air through his teeth. Whatever speciality you've got going on, I can't imagine you're shining in a landscape full of rocks. So let's have a crack at this henge, then. Wes took another long, lingering look at himself in the screen of his phone. It's like a 3D film without the glasses, he whispered to himself, loud enough for Ricky to hear him. Sure, it's probably miles away. Catherine had grown despondent while her brother was talking. She looked back over her shoulder. Is... was that it? The thing's gone, is it? I don't think it was after us. It just came up for air. Ricky hoped he was telling the truth. That was an odd feeling, the not knowing. The hollowness he'd felt in the throne room hadn't gone away after all. He'd buried it in rotting fish flesh, stabbed at it with tiny bones, gorged mindlessly and thought of nothing. That hadn't filled it. He rubbed his chest, uneasy. Course, uh, it's hard to breathe, isn't it? Different kind of air here. His cousins exchanged glances. It's a bit hot. Catherine was uncertain, too. He heard it in her voice, but it didn't help. He licked his lips. Yeah, that's what I mean. Bit hot. He caressed the pebble in his pocket, but it was an empty gesture. It couldn't help him. You said there was a chasm other side of these rocks. How do you want to go about crossing it? Wes pried his eyes away from his own reflection. I reckon if we follow it, it closes up along there somewhere. We could probably jump it. He gestured off to the left. Great. What happens if there's something in there watching? 
pre-thinking, that's pre-thinking. Wes was calmer, no uncertainty there, posturing little shit. He went first, scrambling up the rocks as if he was mountaineering every bloody weekend. Scared? He called back at them both, balancing on the top of the outcrop. No point me going first, is there? He patted his pockets. Don't have the key. He treated them to a rakish grin, the kind Ricky had read about in books before he knew what it looked like, the kind Wes had used to flash about all the time when he was still growing into that big mouth of his. Catherine was hesitating this time, scratching at her arms, digging in her nails. He cleared his throat. Come on, Katie. She jumped, focusing on him. Ricky cocked his head at the rocks. No reason he gets all the fun.